0: And I actually have here a, a letter uh, which was written to me uh, by, by a, a fellow who's, uh, who's very, very fond of uh, of the Lord of the Rings. And he, he asked me in the letter uh, why, why they didn't just fly the, the eagles into uh, into Mordor. And I, I I told him I I get I get this. I get this uh, Same question, the the, the people run into me at the pub and ask, why why didn't they just fly the the eagles to Mordor? Uh, It would have made the quest a whole lot easier. And I I told him uh, the the same thing that that I'm telling you right now. Uh, You know, uh, shut up.
1: friend and enter the bag end book club i'm Nora. i'm joined by em
2: hi we're done
1: and autumn we're done and jackson well i'm back
3: <laughs> read for <laughs> ruin and the red dawn yeah
1: we
0: have loaded the rings for the last time <laughs> uh
3: no more
1: will a magic ring be involved in anything we read
0: <laughs> i guess that's
3: true probably I mean, Gandalf has a magic ring in these chapters, but...
2: Yeah, he's at it the whole time.
3: I don't think anyone in the Silmarillion has a ring.
2: No, they haven't been made yet.
3: Yeah. There you go. I, read, you I make... read a little bit of the appendices, just like a tiny little bit. And... Oh,
2: just the part where, like, the lord just step on the gas. We're going 100 miles a
3: minute now. <laughs> yeah, basically just enough for, like, someone <coughs> to say Silmarils. And I was like, oh, hell, here we go. <laughs> um...
1: You're just fancy rocks. It's fine. We'll get there.
3: I'm gonna. Should I should I summarize the chapters? Sure. Um. Can I have the book to do it? <laughs> just to double check myself. Um. So yeah, last three chapters of The Return of the King: um, Homeward Bound, the Scouring of the Shire, and um, Grey Havens. Um. I remember. Uh, two of these chapters very well. So I'm just refreshing myself on what Homeward Bound is. Oh, right, they go home.
2: They <laughs> meet. They go back to Bree and talk to Butterbur and, you know, yeah. the pony's there, Bill's there.
3: Yeah, Bill's back. Um, Butterbur kind of warns them that, like, weird stuff's been going on in the north, but um, they, they tell Butterbur that Strider is king now and he's gonna, you know, it might take a couple months, but he's gonna sort this shit out, don't you worry. There's not gonna be ruffians bothering Bree and Butterbur is worried about, you know well, I don't really want, you know, outsiders coming in and, like, running Bree from now on. And everybody's like, no, 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 it's Strider. It's your homie. He's not gonna, like, mess up your shit. It's fine. <laughs> um, Trying to think of anything else particularly important happens here besides Gandalf parts from The Hobbits. Um, he is gonna go hang out with Tom Bombadil. He says, you know, I'm a Rolling Stone and... Tom Bombadil is a moss gatherer, and, uh, we're just gonna smoke some Hobbit pipe weed and catch up.
1: <laughs> you think Tom Bombadil can get high?
3: He's high on life every day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's just about everything for Homeward Bound. It's a kind of a shorter chapter. The Scouring of the Shire. Um, the Hobbits arrive in the Shire, um, and there is a gate. Gandalf told them there would be a gate, and they're like, Why is there a gate? Um, and come to find out that Lotho um has moved himself into Bag End and has started sort of like bossing everybody around and um he's being backed by uh some men um who, you know, are basically just like taking everybody's food. Uh, no one's allowed to be out past dark, no one's allowed to, you know, have any pipe weed or have any beer, because the men in Lotho and, like, like a couple people up at the top basically want to take everything to themselves. The Hobbits, uh, well, you know, Merry, Pippin, Frodo, Sam, don't take too kindly to this, because, um, you know, they just went and threw a fucking ring in a volcano, they killed the Witch King, they've, like... Who is this fucking petty tyrant-ass bullshit? Um, And the hobbits decide to... um, Like, get everybody in the Shire together. And run Lotho out of town, basically. Um, And... uh, Frodo is very melancholy through this whole thing. Because, um, you know, he feels like he can never come home again. um, And he doesn't want any killing. But he's afraid that it might come to fighting. And he... You know he's just scared uh, of you know the darkness that that was in in Mordor touching the Shire, um, and so they have various encounters with various ruffians, and finally they get to Bag End, and who's living there but Saruman, which has like been pretty heavily hinted at throughout the chapter. I feel Sharky. like Sharky. Sharky, <laughs> um, and they have one final confrontation with Saruman, uh, and Saruman is like. Um, you know, I can throw fireballs and turn you into toads, I'm a powerful wizard, and, um, <laughs> Frodo is like, no you aren't. Go home, get out of here. <laughs> um, and everybody wants to kill Saruman, but, um, Frodo is sticking to his guns of, like, having pity and mercy on, uh, Saruman, who's just a miserable little wretch at this point. Um... And, importantly, Saruman, uh, like, cut down everybody's favorite trees all through the Shire. Like, just, like, I think this is, like, the scouring that it refers to, is, like, he just, like, burned everything the fuck down, basically. And, and, um, he's sort of gloating, like, oh, even if you get rid of me, Frodo, you know, like, your, your beautiful Shire will never be beautiful again. Um and uh the hobbits are very sad about this but they get to the work of restoring the shire they put uh bag end back together and this might go into the next chapter i don't know quite where the chapter break is but that's fine um so they're restoring things they're putting everything back together um sam after a couple weeks remembers oh right galadriel gave me some seeds for this exact purpose and he starts planting seeds throughout the shire And within a season or two, um, like, it is beautiful the way that, like, Rivendell is beautiful. And, um, like, the Shire is just, like, nicer than it ever was before. And everybody's very happy. And um, Sam and his new wife, Rosie, move into Bag End with Frodo. And Frodo just continues to be more and more melancholy as time goes on. And Sam has a kid, and he's trying to, like, you know get Frodo out of his shell but um, thinks maybe Frodo's just a little too uh hurt from all his travels basically as a, in his time as the ring bearer and eventually uh Frodo is like says to Sam like hey I'm gonna go to Rivendell uh to see Bilbo because it's gonna be Bilbo's 131st birthday um how about you come with me Sam and Sam comes with him And, um, uh, they ride out and, uh, Frodo meets up with Galadriel and Elrond and Bilbo and he, they're all like, yep, we're going to the Grey Havens, we're sailing west, we're fucking out of Middle-earth, we're gone. You know, um, and it was at this point that I began weeping like a child, (laughs) um, and, uh, Gandalf has one last little trick he uh because Sam is like oh I'm gonna have to ride back home all by myself and Merry and Pippin ride up and they're like you gave us the slip once uh Mr. Frodo you're not gonna do it again and they all get to say bye to Bilbo and Sam Merry and Pippin ride back to the Shire and live happily ever after um it is like the most over the top like everybody was happy forever ending and I I love it. it's so good.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so okay the problem is this is one of the best endings full full stop yeah so uh, like we all we have two other chapters to talk about <laughs> um, which are also important and have a lot of stuff in them and i don't I, know where th- we th- wanna... this is all the ending the idea that like the fight
2: the, the gray havens is the ending and not the sky the shire is lunacy
0: well no i yes I'm, <laughs> you know what i mean though we're still we are doing a point i was not i was not saying oh you could cut the sky the shire, shire out that would be ludicrous i'm just saying that? like
1: who would cut out the scouring of this
0: i'm just saying like the point
2: is uh, like in these cha- in these three chapters mm. you go from frodo being your point of view character to realizing that frodo is incidentally watching his friends grow and change and he cannot
3: do that anymore
2: and that's mm. what's like good about it yes yeah
3: um yeah they like they come home and like the 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 like you just see how different Merry and Pippin are from like the fools they were at the start. Yeah, you know? they, they
2: are they are lords, and they're ready to like stomp any middle manager who gets in their way directly into the dirt.
0: They're like <laughs> the heroes to the like when 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 they're talking about how. The um the Shire as they return like sees this returning party like they think of Merry and Pippin they're the fucking heroes and Sam, right? and, yeah. Sam. The, the, and Sam the 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 book is very clear that Sam doesn't think
2: people talk about him but people talk about people him. talk about him
0: but um mm-hmm. Frodo like fades into the background because he's just not openly heroic to like the, this returning audience in the same way yeah mm-hmm. um and um, yeah it's really good
3: I I feel like I think this happens twice maybe but like. There's some, there's some, like, man who's talking to Frodo and, it, like, insults him. And it, it's Pippin, I think, is like, you know, um, I'm a knight of Gondor and you will not speak to the ring bearer this way. And <laughs> it's so fucking good. Uh, it's so, like, I just love how, like, how different they are and how, like, subtly, like, The changes to them were but like how radical it is you know like they feel the 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 journey they went on I think changed them even more than like the journey that Bilbo went on changed him and Bilbo was like a different fucking guy by the end of that book you know yes um I just I just love them I love the boys (laughs) um I, yeah. Mary and
1: Pimpin are also like two feet taller than they were uh, you know, <laughs> two years ago,
3: yeah, that's also very funny um what was the um also it's just incredibly funny like um like um someone says like oh Sam, why did you leave frodo right now when it finally got dangerous and Sam is just like i I do not have time to explain to you why that is a dumb thing you just said." <laughs> Um, just like this is nothing to them. They they threw the fucking ring in the volcano. This is yeah. nothing.
2: <laughs> well, there's a bit where they're like, "Gale, if you can come help us," and Gale's like, "I don't think you need any help. I think you'll find that you're you're going to do just fine." Yeah. Also, G- I'm not helping anyone ever again. I'm done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired.
0: <laughs> gil I, I you go. I love the, I love that this is the whole scene where he's like, "I'm off to have my like." Massive conversation with um, Tom Bombadil about like the nature of existence with this ancient god off screen. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> it's so good to me uh, that it doesn't like show the, the contents of that discussion, and he doesn't even come back at the end and go. Well, I talked to Tom Bombadil, and we said this, and we spoke of many things. Blah blah blah. Just just like <laughs> I guess that happened. Maybe it'll go into it in the appendices. Uh, no, but, uh, honestly, I don't think absolutely so. Absolutely not. Will. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, a- amazing, beautiful. Uh, we Gandalf's trick.
1: We were watching a YouTube video last night about like top five Tom Bombadil theories.
3: Stupid.
0: What theory? Oh. What theory no, is that? We
2: we we got wait. We got wait on this because okay. there, there's going to be stuff about the summerland. It's all horseshit
0: because okay, like I feel like Tom Bombadil's role in both the narrative and also just the world of Middle-earth is really clear, as presented in Lord of the Rings. I don't know what wrinkles yes. are brought in by the lore that comes later, but... Nothing.
2: It's people drawing connections that don't exist.
0: Okay.
1: The only one I actually listened to before turning it off was the, someone saying that Tom Bombadil is God.
2: Yeah, that's the most common one. Stupid.
1: Which doesn't matter or mean anything.
2: Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense for Lord of the the Cosmology of... Whatever.
0: Um. <laughs> Put a pin in that. We're gonna, you know, in two weeks we'll have stopped talking into microphones saying, um, oh, we're just so emotional about the boys, and we're gonna start having that debate. <laughs> um, anyway, um, coming
2: back to the Shire, and the Shire just being, like, modernized into factories and and yeah. police officers and uh like economic systems uh is uh-huh. just dire.
3: It's so bad. Yes. And like Frodo says it or or I think someone says it like it, it is Mordor now. Like Mordor came to the Shire.
0: Mm-hmm Uh yeah. It's it's really good because I so obviously knew about Scaring the Shire, right? The famous thing, cut kind out of the movies um that uh saruman come to the shire and turned it into like an industrial land uh tragically destroying uh, and like
2: aggressively like trying to
3: destroy it right yes. um and the thing i out spite too yeah. yeah
0: the thing that didn't like li- live in the um just osmosis understanding that i gathered from it was like i thought it was far more about like the idyllic pastoral countryside destroyed by industry uh this is what the story was about kind of didactic thing and like it's that's, that's still there i'm not saying it's not that but it's so much more concerned with like what's happened to the people like he comes and finds like police officers yes. asking about like how he, they've arrested him and like just fa- it's far more concerned with the social structure and what's happened to hobbits than it necessarily is the land uh, like uh, in isolation um, yes mm-hmm. and i think that stuff was like calling is really good Yes,
2: they've been bullied into, like, a spiritual modernism that's far, like, just as damaging as, like, the actual industrialization happening.
0: The bit right. where they're, they're, like, okay, well, I have arrested you, and Ferdinand's like, yeah, okay, I'll remember you've arrested me, whatever that means. Like, it's just a word, right? <laughs> they, they, he he understands that he is arrested. Ontologically, that's a thing that has happened to him, but they don't really have the like, you know, there's no power being applied to him. He just walks past, and they yeah. still know each other, because it's only been, like, a few years. Yeah, well, um,
3: and, like, you know, they have the swords. Mary and right. Pippin and Sam and Frodo are armed to the fucking teeth by Hobbit Standards. Uh, specifically
2: Frodo is not armed to the teeth.
3: Oh yes, you're right, you're right, absolutely.
1: But even though the other people have clubs and stuff, they don't have armor. Right. They don't have yeah. real ass, like, military armor the way that like Pippin and Mary do.
3: Yeah. Um Like the the just to rewind just a tiny little bit, like the the specific thing that Gandalf says when um, he like sees them off is like, um, you must settle the, the Shire's affairs yourselves. That is what you've been trained for. And I just love the implication that like, yes, Gandalf brought all, all of them along this whole time to like, you know, take care of the ring, defeat Sauron. But like equally important to Gandalf in some way is like, rooting mordor out of the shire and like he brought the hobbits along specifically because it's like if you know the Saruman or sauron or whoever got to the shire now these four hobbits are able to like you know deal with that and like all the ways that that manifests and it's so fucking good
0: yeah i really like it as an ending to the um the shire stuff because like we talked at the start, way when this book began, many, many moons ago, um, about how uh, the hobbits as we know them generally suck. Um, mm. It is it is as much like a loving portrayal of English countryside as it is like a... Uh, kind of bitter satire of the just the nastiness and pettiness of english people as all english literature on some level is (laughs) that's just like a uh fact of uh of how this works and i love how it links like you know it's not just that um saruman came and saruman's minions came and started burning things down and arranging the shire differently it is like the, the people forgot how to not be like uh you know, concerned with self-interest and this uh, abusing this power in this way, um, and the way they like break out of it is really easy. Like, it's, like, the second they start trying, they just like you know, they they take they they have more power than the people who are oppressing them at home. They have bows and arrows. They know how to shoot them. They're not idiots. They're not like completely. <laughs> it's not like oh, the the heroes have to train them how to fight. They know how to do this stuff. They just couldn't. Find a way to like cooperate and actually do it, which is a very simple, basic story that's in a lot of stories like these. Um, oh, I think it's done really well.
1: Hobbit snipers, Hobbit snipers. <laughs> <laughs> um, you left out the part in your summary where Wormtongue kills Saruman and then gets shot.
3: He yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that until just now, actually.
1: Then Saruman becomes a ghost and then gets dissolved.
3: Yeah, it's really. Cool. I forgot about it, and it's also like one of the most important things because you know Frodo is like, ah, spare him, spare him, spare him, but like Wormtongue's not going to spare him. You know.
1: Oh, spare him! I've read the script. <laughs> it will work out if we don't kill him.
2: i mean killing him killing like frodo is admonishing the hobbits not to kill anyone mm -hmm. it's like the wrong thing to do it doesn't he doesn't actually succeed that way like when they get away like mary and pippin are like no like hunt them down and shoot them like you know don't go out of your way to be cruel but um fuck those guys up and there's no like there's no negative consequences for them to do that
3: yeah Mm
1: -hmm. i mean like it's it's a repeat of Gollum. mm mm-hmm because that that leads to a situation that uh, resolves the problem more smoothly than
3: if they had tried to like brute force it. Yeah. Well, and also I just think that like you know, Gandalf would not kill Saruman in this moment, you know, um, mm-hmm. but Aragorn absolutely would. He's the king. This is what kings do.
1: <laughs> Who would kill Saruman faster, Aragorn or Faramir?
3: Faramir. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Faramir. I actually, I actually don't think that's true. I think it's Aragorn.
3: <laughs> Aragorn would be very so- somber as he did it, you know. But he'd be like, "This is what kings do, you know. If you, if you violate the laws of the kingdom, if, if get- <laughs>
1: Aragorn had come up north, uh huh, fix all the roads, yeah, and the scouring of the Shire hadn't happened yet,
3: mm-hmm. he would have taken care of business. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Like, he didn't, he didn't want to, like, kick Baragond out of uh, uh, Minas Tirith, but he had to, and so he did. And he wouldn't want to kill Saruman, but he has to, so he would. <laughs> you know? Um, and I feel like that leads so perfectly into, like, why Sam and Merry and Pippin are able to stay in the Shire, and why Frodo has to leave in the end, you know?
1: Well, he's been injured by knife,
3: tooth, and... Dang. Oh, it goes deeper than
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 specific stuff about the like uh, not wanting to kill Saruman um, with Frodo is really interesting because it's like it's partially the like if you do revenge and murder you're as bad as them but it's mostly about how like I'm, I genuinely like, don't think it's that I don't no, think it's that no, no I mean he does he he says that line he says something about revenge doesn't make things better he does say that yes. out loud. but the, like the focus of the, the the chapter is about how Frodo's the only one even in this, like, party and the people who have, like, f- been on this journey, who recognizes who Saruman is as, like, the fucking Saruman the White, right? He's like, you you were something better uh, mm-hmm. and still cares about the old world in that way and that's why he thinks Saruman's important. And it's the same reason, like, Gandalf won't kill Sa- Saruman because on some level they're, like, two of this you know, very limited race of very powerful people uh, mm-hmm. and... Frodo's is the only one who articulates that. No one us even, even really like cares. Yeah. Um,
3: like Saruman's evil, but he's also like one of the wise. You know. Yes. And yeah. We you can't just like kill that. <laughs> you know. He was yeah, great he once <laughs> of a. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs>
0: uh, he was great once of a noble kind that we should not dare raise our hand against. He has fallen, and his cure is beyond us. But I st- would still spare him in the hope that he may find it, as well. Friday says. And then Sam is so fucking mad about this. He's so mad the fur doesn't kill him. He's like, "Oh, you won't even give me that, you fucking piece of shit." <laughs> um,
3: uh. The way Saruman like is just like angrily leaving the scene, just like. He's, like, walks, like, three steps and then turns around and like, and furthermore, fuck you. And he walks for three more steps, and fuck you, too, Pippin. And also, Wormtongue probably ate that guy. The <laughs>
2: the
1: bit
0: don't know. Si- <laughs> You don't know? The bit where Siren dies, and then, like, there's there's just a brief moment where it's like was he was he telling the truth was he like is this now like a specter of death has fallen upon the shire and it's just instantly blown away by a wind is uh like specifically a wind from the west there's like such an incredible bit of uh uh imagery to tie in the, like you know the passing of the times here at the end it's amazing i love that like it's just it's only a single paragraph an entire scene and it's a it's one of my favorite moments in the end of this book
3: Tolkien is just better at writing books than everybody else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then Wormtongue makes a break for it gets shot like four times.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is just like, we were sick of him anyway. This is a great excuse. Rip to him. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of anything else about the scouring of the Shire. I wanted to say before I just get into Grey Haven's shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Would Brandon write this paragraph? Uh to the dismay! Shut of- up. Don't, don't shut up! <laughs> you can't ask this question. Well, fine. Okay, I won't have the conversation. You can, you can just on. be
2: like, here's a good paragraph, but I don't wanna know what Brandon would do.
0: <laughs> I just meant like it's this huge image, and there's it's not like placed in a scene. It just is briefly described, and I like it.
3: What's the paragraph?
0: Oh, uh, t- 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 uh To the dismay of those who stood by, about the body of Saruman, a grey mist gathered and rising slowly over the great, uh, rising slowly to a great height like smoke from a fire. As a pale, shrouded figure, it loomed over the hill. For a moment, it wavered, looking to the west. But out of the west came a cold wind, and it bent away, and with a sigh dissolved into nothing. It's like an entire scene could be made out of that as just two sentences.
3: You're telling me the movie doesn't do this? No. (laughs)
0: No. Jesus. We'll get there. We'll get there.
1: If if you went to see it in the theater, yes, you won't see this version
3: in this movie man you can't cut christopher lee out of your movie
0: (laughs) some may say it's better than the version with him in but um we'll get to that when we get there i would not say that i just mean the way that the the saruman stuff wraps up in the movie is um weird yes it is weird but dropping Um, entirely is
2: also weird anyway um the gray haven so the shire's fucked and saruman's dead wormtongue's dead uh thankfully sam remembers that he has a magic box with a seed and dust in it and
3: it's so funny uh, that it takes him two weeks to remember
2: <laughs> yes as as everyone's slow, slowly starting to get their feedback together infrastructurally he's like oh i can just plant trees and dutifully goes around and plants trees and um the next spring, because, like, winter's coming as they get here. And by the time next spring, all the trees have started to sprout. Like, it kickstarted started it by, like, 15, 20 years. And um, the last big seed t- formed a giant tree uh, where the party tree used to be. And uh, the Shire is uh, th- about to thrive again. in like, a not only, like, a new spring, but, like, a spring that mixes, like, the last remnants of a magical world with the world that everyone's entering. Because mm-hmm. the hobbits just get to live astride those two worlds for a little bit longer
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and like as it says in the beginning of this whole thing hobbits also kind of disappear eventually Mm. because it talks about oh you
3: probably haven't seen hobbits but they used to be around quite a bit uh, that reminds me of something um, that drove me a little bit insane is just the audiobook, the Rob Inglis audio book specifically, because the Andy Circus audiobook doesn't do this. The Rob Inglis audiobook, book, uh, for some reason, put Concerning Hobbits after Grey Havens. It did not put Concerning Hobbits at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring.
2: Weird.
3: It's bizarre. I wonder if it was printed that's, that way. At that's, point.
0: that's not how my Rob Inglis, I've got the Rob audio book, doesn't end that way. Oh, Weird. Unless it, I, unless if I press play and then in the next four seconds it'll kick up, but I don't think that like, we're just ending with the same uh, sound effects that the rest of it was. So maybe you got a different version for the this this book.
3: Maybe because like literally there's a there's a guy who does some interstitial bits and is just like Tolkien wrote an essay about hobbits that is uh, placed at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring and we will now present it to you or whatever and here's Rob Inglis or whatever. You know? Oh yeah, that's not the version <laughs> I,
0: I just have the book in order
3: weird um anyway. but no um
2: because <laughs> everything is you know sam's settling down um he moves into bag end with frodo and his wife and you know um they talk about his upcoming like life moves on um everyone's settling down people are having kids sam gets a family mary and pippin will find out more later with them we'll get into the appendices um but not frodo frodo just starts writing the book
3: Mm-hmm. Fro- Frodo gets through writing that book so quick
2: <laughs> yeah well that's that's because he's not 130 he's like 51
3: oh yeah 52 that's true, that's true.
2: <laughs> He he would be in the prime of his life um that's not like as good as it should be for him but he is just sitting down and like getting it done um mm-hmm. the thing at the end where he like Sam comes in and Frodo's like oh it's he's like is it done and he's like close as much as I'm going to do and hands in the book and you get like the long lengthy like six titles that um that Bilbo wrote and then underneath that Frodo's just like the Lord of the Rings and the Return of the King and he's like this is yours now um never just one person's is good that's like the best I think that's like one of the best pages in the book
3: it's so good it's so good Um, My diary,
1: my unexpected journey There and back again and what happened after Adventures of Five (laughs) Hobbits The Tale of the Great Ring Compiled by Bilbo Baggins from his own observations And the accounts of his friends What we did in the War of the Ring Here Bilbo's handed it and Frodo had written The downfall of the Lord of the Rings And the return of the king (laughs) As seen by the little people Being the memoirs of Bilbo and Frodo of the Shires supplanted by the accounts of their friends And the learning of the wise Together with extracts from books of lore translated by Bilbo and Rivendell.
3: I love because in our in our book, and I imagine most of them, it's got like the downfall of the Lord of the Rings in all caps, you know? Yeah. And it makes Frodo look more like self-assured than Bilbo was. Yes. And then even Frodo has to have this long parenthetical about (laughs) You know, with the with the extra details from the learnings of the wise, you know, blah blah blah. With a foreword
1: by Neil Gaiman
3: Oddly enough
0: God damn it
1: I just get pissed whenever I have to see Neil Gaiman listed next to the real Author of a book just because he has like a Foreword on it He had one for one version (laughs) of Dune He had one for that uh, Elric
3: Book Oh yeah there was that copy of Dune we saw Where Neil Gaiman's name was bigger than Frank Herbert's I was a little pissed off about that (laughs) Um
2: uh, it's funny because like this book like becomes even in the lore like the name of it becomes obscured and they it's just referred to as the Red Book of Westmarch in mm-hmm. like the
3: incidental stuff. Did, I? I might be misremembering, but in concerning Hamlet, doesn't it say like, "Oh yeah, Merry and Pippin end up adding a little bit to the Red Book." Yes. Or, like yeah, like because it becomes this Sam becomes
2: does. this becomes the main historical document of this time of this part of the world. Hmm. Uh, a lot of that will be fleshed out in the appendices.
1: So. So how much of the appendices did you read?
3: A, a tiny little bit. I was. Get, it was like eleven thirty by the time I was. I was thinking, oh, I might just read the appendices tonight, just because like I don't feel bound by spoilers anymore. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you've done.
0: You've done it. You've you've read Little the Rings. I did it.
3: Um. And so yeah, I was thinking about just reading them all last night. It was getting to be eleven thirty, and I dozed off like part way through, so I really couldn't tell you much. Are, we're mm-hmm.
1: doing a separate episode for
3: that?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Damn it. I it's to it's it too much.
2: Again. It's way too much to do here. We, we,
0: yeah, we couldn't do here and then also the some really if it, it's it just, you know, it's another bunch of book. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I uh, did read
3: really today good. um one of the last things that Tolkien wrote from what I can gather is Bilbo's last song, which is like a song that Bilbo sings at the Grey Havens, um, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, uh, not included here because Tolkien hadn't written it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, also. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how much, like, how in-depth we want to talk about the Grey Havens as much as we talked about, uh, the Scouring and the Shire. But I do love Tolkien just taking one last moment to be like, And Gandalf now wore upon his hand the third ring, Narya the Great. No, I will not be explaining what that is at this time.
2: <laughs> He's at it the whole time.
3: <laughs> I it know, a secret. I just, <laughs> I just love that, like, Tolkien is like, here's this other, like, object of power. I will yeah. not tell you what that is yet. <laughs> don't worry about it
2: i mean what the three rings do has always been nebulous and just remains nebulous but like you know one preserved rivendell and one preserved wathlorian and one of them was being used to guide the force like you know they give it to gandalf again i was like well i'm gonna use it if you give me this i'm gonna use it Thus like in like underscoring why he was the worst person who could have gotten the ring
1: right i mean it's what is it it's the fire one right mm-hmm. yeah and what what kind of magic does gandalf always use Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there we he's, go. He's always setting shit on fire. He's <laughs> casting beams of light.
3: Doing fireworks? Yeah. Huh,
1: okay.
2: But, um, none of the rings work anymore, so, you know, it's fine just wear them openly.
3: Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yes. It's, it's uh, just a ring at this point. It's not actually... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the rings... So, my question about the rings, and maybe we'll get more as we go on, but, like, the rings aren't bad, right? They're, they're bad the, because the one ring unites them all and, like, is a backdoor because so, of sounds plot. So, so here's the thing. So okay.
2: it, this is explained, like, early on in Lord of the Rings, um, in, like, Fellowship, I think. But, like, okay. the three... So they made the three rings, like the, the elf lords did, yes. Um, and they were just made by elves. And then Sauron at that point, who was just, like, seen as, like, a lore master whatever, helped construct the other ones in their image. Um... And and then he after all those were made he made the one ring with that tech like with like a backdoor that he built like he's like if he understands how they all work he can make something that can control them but because he never had anything to do with the fashioning of the three rings the three rings are wholly good um, and okay. then the other rings are okay. more complex like have you know they were built with like duplicitous ends in mind so they can be used for good like the like you know all of the dwarven like Moria's is built under on the power of a dwarven ring right like yes. the kingdoms of men were built on the power of you know rings given to men um it's just that that all, like you know became ring wraiths and w- weird that all the dwarven places end up inhabited by monsters and dragons and shit. who can say why that happened like who knows um and it's left ambiguous on purpose
3: yeah yeah, the, the, the connection between the one ring and the three rings for the elven kings is uh, the one thing I was like a little mixed up about. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: But it is telling that the, the, the elves only use this. Uh, the ring that Gandalf has was uh, Círdan the Shipwright, who, as uh, of the Grey Havens, is the one who was given that ring originally. And then when Gandalf came to Middle-earth, he gave it to Gandalf, basically is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um and so those were being used to preserve Elven Havens, and Gandalf's like, well, what if I use this to, like, inspire the change that will fix the world a little bit? <laughs> the only guy who was like, I'm going to use the... He's literally the only person in this plot who isn't Sauron who is like, I've got a ring, I'm going to fucking use it. Like, Why wouldn't I?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> we should improve society somewhat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just think it's interesting of, like, the, the, the one ring as a metaphor is one of the most, arguably the single most famous thing about Lord of the Rings, right? You put on the ring and it turns you mm-hmm. evil and it's like mm-hmm. representative of, of a lust for power. But there's m- many things in Lord of the Rings that are representative of wanting power, but are good. Uh, it is not mm-hmm. that simple and clear-cut a thing uh, in yeah. the story. The story's not actually about how power is inherently bad. No, it's um, the power is perilous, right? Like, yes. Yeah. There are powers that are bad. Like,
2: the you know, the One Ring, there's no good use of the One Ring
0: but it's because it came from a place and has a history it's not because the idea of wanting things is inherently corrupting to spirits yeah Mm -hmm.
3: that's why i love so much like tom bombadil putting the ring on and like not being affected by it because like he just isn't caught up in all this shit what does he care (laughs) it can't do anything to him because he just doesn't care (laughs) um I forgot until we were watching that silly, like, Tom Bombadil theories video that uh, Tom sees Frodo when he puts on the ring, too. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that little yes. bit. Yes. Um, I love Tom Bombadil. I wish I. It would have been bad. Like, I don't think anything good would come of this, but I do so wish I could have, like, just seen what Gandalf and Tom
0: Bombadil talked about for a while you know he's figured out the truth of existence and is gonna go to some bombadil you didn't get genuinely
2: i genuinely don't think it'd be that deep i think they would mostly just talk about the world and how weird it is
0: yeah tom bombadil
3: would be like so what's gondor like
1: huh okay seems kind (laughs) of fucked up
2: (laughs) gandalf like have you have you seen the antwives tom bombadil's like what's an antwife has to explain that he's like uh maybe i don't know i might (laughs) have
3: Tom Bombadil would be like, "Oh yeah, I saw them. I don't know where they went to."
2: Yeah, <laughs> they were they were going east, north. I don't know.
3: They Tom, passed through.
1: Tom Bombadil is just like, "Hey, you want to learn about those two blue wizards? Nah. Oh, okay, never mind." If I, making <laughs> a fun.
0: serious not suggestion, but like this is this is less suggestion, more just how the scene actually reads in what we do have. If it's it's more like. Gandalf doesn't talk to Tom Bombadil much because he's weird, um, doesn't do anything, and there's no point to it. But he's, like, you know, getting all his shit done because uh, he finally knows he's actually going to die, or at least go on the boat, which is fundamentally the same thing to me. It is not the same thing. It is uh- specifically, <laughs> genuinely not the same thing. What are they fucking doing on the other side of the boat? Are they all like, what is Elf Heaven like? Are we going to get that? Are they all alive and happy and fine, actually, and not just ethereal yes. spirits?
2: i mean d- depends on your definition of alive but yes
0: wait so they're totally chill and fine i assume they yes. were going to like another way of being beyond the uh like i mean boat. where we
2: are now yes but it's one point that was just a place you could go that anyone could go to
0: oh silver so really, lane coming soon okay well <laughs> i guess my my view of this metaphor is about to be shaken up by all this law uh but I always I viewed it as like a different kind of death. I book. mean, they can't come back. So as far as anyone on Earth, like
2: Middle Earth is concerned, they are dead. But, no, but they're not de- they're not actually dying. They're not going they're not it's not like um was it Elijah who just gets picked up in a chariot and goes to heaven in like the Old Testament. It's not that.
3: Mm-hmm. I I'll but be honest, is, I kind of thought it was that.
0: <laughs> it is radically different though for Sam. If it's like no, you just got to wait a bit. And raise your kid, and then you can come party with me. <laughs>
2: I don't actually remember what happens to Sam. I don't know if Sam goes on the boat. I, he maybe? he said
0: he in this chapter <sighs> yeah, he says no, Frodo go- says
2: Frodo says you could come on the boat if you wanted.
1: I've oh. I've read the appendix about that, so mm-hmm. I have. I goes there's, on the there's, boat. there's like there's
2: like other things I do know that I'm like really happy for us to discuss next week, but I okay. do I don't remember. Maybe Sam does go. Maybe I don't remember. Uh,
0: I'll be real. I I could see it going either way. Like, I assume he, he goes on the boat. He,
2: he is a yeah. He was a ring bearer for a time, so he does get passage if he wants it, right? It,
0: it, mm. it, I guess it would be interesting if he goes the other way and he just embraces his life with his child and his mortal existence. Mm-hmm. I'd I would be emotionally satisfied with both. I assume he's getting on the boat. Yeah. Though. Um I think I think he gets. On the, I think he gets on the boat. I genuinely don't remember though. Um. Curious how that'll end up going. But, uh, I, in my conception, it wasn't, like, embodied Sam and Frodo and Gandalf hanging out in this place that we don't get to see because we're mortal. Just they are going to a, phys- a physical place where they will be in their bodies.
2: <laughs> okay, well, good for them. Now, that place is, like, turbo magical, but yes. You thought
3: Rivendell was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I, ju- I just read... It's it's a magical boat that takes you into a world you can't see. It's the most going to heaven shit that's ever happened. I know, in a book. but it's
2: not. It's specifically, <laughs> okay. it's specifically not in ways that are like important to Tolkien and thus like
0: important to the work. Okay, I mean, it, it, yes, so it's definitely like a thing of like it's playing on that imagery. Uh, but it's a classic thing with Tolkien of um, there are many ways in which he gets very annoyed when you supplement th- the cultural baggage of the imagery he's playing with. uh, as like to fill in the space when he's got yeah. specific fucking lore about all this shit. It's not World <laughs> War Two, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I'm curious. I'll curious to see how I find about what that is because like the definitely wasn't how I felt about it reading this chapter. Yeah, yeah no, no, I know.
1: Part where they call the men who help Saruman half orcs.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's something.
1: (laughs) Like, just by being evil, you sort of assume orcishness.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Um, I mean, we... we It was discussed back in, like, when they were still doing the stuff, there's, like, you know, the orcs came from somewhere. They weren't, like, constructed, right? mm -hmm. They're people. Um...
0: Yeah. The confusing thing is the way that, like, the word orc is used, but that's, like, true of orcs as well, is that they had a culture and were, like, subsumed by Sauron. mm -hmm. Um... Like you know, it's still playing with all the famous racist shit that uh is mm-hmm. locked up with all this imagery, but uh, I, I, I would i would simply ask you to hold your horses for okay. a couple weeks <laughs> all right i'm about to find out what's going on with the f- so here's the thing is i've now read out lord of the rings but every time i have a thought it's like you know, gonna be touched on in i'm gonna assume some of the fastest moving prose that i've ever read in my life in the next appendices uh and book i'm about to read so yeah. much shit is gonna happen in the text mm. that i have left
2: Anyway, before we move on the point, I think my vision of what Gandalf does when he talks to Tom Bombadil is to sit down and try, even though he knows it's not going to work, I was watching over this place for thousands of years. I, I, I'm leaving. My time's done. Please, can you do it? And Tom Bombadil will be like, yeah, man, of course I'll do it. And he has, he's like <laughs> making soup. And you know he's not paying attention. But Gandalf's <laughs> got to shoot his shot.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. I really like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> can you please make sure that like no one else makes a ring it doesn't matter what ha- I found a
1: scroll called Twitter you gotta keep him from making that okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's just like there's a king but you know kingdoms rise and fall and you're still gonna be here so like please look after everyone and make sure that it doesn't go to shit and Bombadil's like yeah a king right right whatever <laughs> I got you man
3: I can't. I can't imagine Aragorn speaking to Tom Bombadil. I think it gets so. Oh, I'm
2: sure. that I'm sure that never happens. But like, I'm sure. <laughs> Gandalf. Gandalf definitely gave him like Aragorn's number and like described him. Be like, he's gonna come north in like some point, probably in the next ten years, and you should meet with him. And Tom Bombadil just like lost that number immediately. <laughs> like, nope, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I Went in the well, drawer where every number I've ever been given goes, and I've never seen it again.
0: <laughs> Tom Bombadil's too busy smoking weed and constantly having yeah. sex with his wife.
3: <laughs> that's another thing I was just thinking about. Is like, what's Goldberry's deal, huh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fucking no. She's uh, Willow's daughter, right? Like, that's it.
3: <coughs> Maybe she's an entwife.
2: <coughs> wife. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't, I'm. Sh- God, there almost has to be a letter of someone going, like, is that an Aunt Wife? And Tolkien going, no.
1: <laughs> no. And Tolkien's <laughs> just like, your mom's
3: an Aunt Wife. <laughs> Did you see that video I put in the group chat about um, uh, Tolkien's <laughs> Tolkien taking a question about why the eagles don't fly to Mordor oh, and yeah. saying, shut up? <laughs>
0: I did see that. It's very good.
3: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs>
2: um. Uh, the last bit where um Sam, uh, Mary, and Pippin show up kind of last minute because they weren't actually invited to the Frodo's leaving forever party, um, is good. Uh, and yeah. then them being the and everyone's like, this actually works out great because Sam's going to be in a state. And he would he needs someone to sit with him while they ride home, because he's still oh. gotta ride home and that's like takes two days or whatever.
3: Yeah. That also would be just the like,
0: saddest thing in the world if Sam was just <laughs> going home on his own.
3: I was thinking about that the whole ride there. I was like, oh please do not let Sam have to go home by himself. Oh god. Um I the thing that actually like I was like getting teary eyed, but the thing that made me just start like weeping was when frodo is like you know you're gonna have so many kids and you're gonna live such a long time and like you know i'm so happy for you and i wish i could like be part of it or whatever you know just like everything frodo says to sam at the very end is so good
0: um there's that famous post um, that goes around Whereas, like when, when, when you've been, when you've saved the world and he's kissed you thrice on death door and you've, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, he's <laughs> going to marry Rosie Cotton, <laughs> um, uh, classic post. Um, but I, I, I did like how, like, I, I feel like the Rosa Cotton stuff is actually pretty well earned here. It's not, yeah, he doesn't, so. he doesn't abandon Frodo. They move in together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Frodo is just, just
3: too sad to be a person at this point.
0: It's just another really good instance of the like two worlds thing that's happening, right? Like Rosie is the future. Uh, this is this new world that he's fit, fought for. Frodo is representative of the past and has gone on this journey and is still chained to it. And uh, he just wants to have both, and he he can't. And uh, it's very sad for Sam. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, like think, yeah. the decision has nothing to like. Sam is not a part of the decision, right? No. Like it's Frodo's choice to leave.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um and I appreciate that where it's like he's not he's not me to choose because neither Rosie or Frodo would ever ask that of him.
0: No, there's no like tension, but it's not a character tension, right? It's yes. just a, the time is moving on, this adventure has happened and hit them in different ways. Uh and they're just like dealing with it. Uh God, if there was like a back and forth like, oh you you don't care about me because since you got married God, garbage. Disgusting disgusting. <laughs>
2: <coughs> uh Amazon's Lord of the Rings coming soon. Ah. <laughs>
0: it's a good thing there we will, did this
2: before. Look, there
1: won't there won't be a single hobbit in that show. It's fine.
2: Isn't there already it's a true. hobbit in I don't, I don't think there's any hobbits in the character posters. <clears throat> Lord,
3: Lord have mercy. I'm calling it
1: now there's not a single hobbit.
3: I mean like from from a certain point of view I can see it because like hobbits were not really involved in like the capital h history and the happening yeah
2: they're extremely not
1: un- involved in anything but you're you were know. going to say from a certain point of view everyone who does the accent is basically a hobbit
3: no <laughs> like we got elves plenty of elves so like on the one hand i see it because like canonically the hobbits would not be involved in that and also on the other hand i'm like come on the whole thing's about the hobbits so i don't fucking care about no, the it's elves
1: not, it's not about the hobbits
3: I don't fucking care about elves. I mean, I care about... Why I ca- you care about elves? I care a great What's deal What's wrong ab- with elves? I care a great deal about elves. It's just that the elves are not hobbits. They're not, like, they special in like my can heart. can take a hobbit and stretch him out.
2: Do we uh, have anything else?
3: No, I don't think so. No? I'm thinking about rereading all three books before next week. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna
1: happen.
2: You, you have a hundred pages of history to read.
0: You, it's nice at the end of the day to like imagine all the things I could do if I live forever before tomorrow. But that's just not how everything works out. I also like said down and think, oh, what if I watched every blank movie? It's not happening. It's not happening.
3: I put the book at two times speed and get through it. It's not that hard.
0: It's not happening. Uh all right, I guess it's plug time.
1: Well before plugs. We're doing the appendices next time yes i want to give everyone an opportunity to send emails sure oh yeah because what better what better episode than our final lord of the rings the text episode Do if we... you have any emails questions last thoughts on the downfall of the lord of the rings and the return of the king uh you can send them to export audio at gmail.com yeah and also while you're on your computer looking to contact us. Jackson, where can people find you online?
0: You can find me at HeadfallsOff on Twitter.com. And you can find the podcast that I do generally with them at mapping.com.
1: M, how about you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. If you'd like to support me and Jackson's work, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping, where you should give five or ten dollars for blockbusters and VoIP Life. Uh, they're
0: good Blockbusters so good. VoIP Life is We're also good. about to good. watch Soul and have a bad time. Um, probably. I bet. yeah almost suddenly that was not one i picked thinking oh you know what this is gonna be a good movie that's true <laughs> not like speed,
1: <laughs> speed it was, was great
0: i robot was all right i had a decent time watching it it's kind of boring but it was it was solid <clears throat> i did not pick pick it expecting it to be bad in the way that i have picked soul expecting that <laughs> to be a bad movie
1: <laughs> is that the one where he was saving that bacon
0: <coughs> no what
1: oh that must have been i am legend
0: Never mind. <laughs> That's not... I write what's hold it aware for my pie.
1: The, there's this scene in I Am Legend where Will Smith says, nah, I was saving that bacon. Okay, um, never
0: mind. Okay, I'm,
2: well, man. <laughs> I Am Legend, that was a bad movie.
3: You can find me on Twitter at Atominal underscore coffee. You can support the podcasts by going to exportodd.io. We have links to all the free feeds of the podcasts there. Or you can uh, give us a dollar a month. You can get access to uh, most everything early, including including this podcast. Um, or you can give us $5 a month, get access to Pop Town Funk, a podcast where Nora and I roll random Funko Pops and have to talk about Bullshit. <laughs> what did
1: we watch just recently?
3: We just watched Rocky, which is actually up for all our patrons, not just the $5 patrons, uh, because things kind of slowed down and we missed some time, and so we wanted to give back a little. Um, but for our $5 patrons, the next episode will be about Sid and Nancy, because we got a Johnny Rotten Funko Pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sure did.
3: Um, And coming sometime this summer, question mark? I'll do it on my plug. Oh, you plug. Okay. Yeah. Nora, where can people find you
1: online? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora You find stuff I've done at norablake.online If Funko Pops is not your thing But you still want to give us $5 a month Coming soon this summer A new podcast from the Export Audio Entitled The Weed of Time Which is where we get high and talk about a Wheel of Time book
3: Yeah We're going to have to summarize an entire Wheel of Time book while stoned
1: Uh, I think it'll be a good time.
3: Yeah. So, look forward to that. Um, it's gonna be stupid.
0: (laughs) I am somewhat skeptical that adding the weed will, um, necessarily improve the content. Um... (laughs) But we'll see. But
3: the name is so funny. The
0: name is really good. <laughs> it's the weed of time. Well, but I feel like you, you you went name first and gimmick followed second. Well, the yeah. original
1: gimmick was a time trial where we eat the edible and then try to talk about a chapter or two at a time before we get high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we decided we wanted to do one book per episode. Yeah. And we could still do that, but I think we might just do that without getting high, is the, is the worry there. So... <laughs>
0: Well, good luck. I will not be reading the Wheel of Time, so you better do a good job summarizing it.
1: <laughs> it's only like twelve books, right? Thirteen, 13 I think.
0: Yeah. Because well. Brandon's last one was split in two, because he can't stop. Split in three. Split three! God damn it! <laughs> I I was one more that was meant to be.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> Read for ruin in the Red Dawn.
0: the button i've hit the button boom button hit all right let's go back to talking about dune
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> scar is also like camp gay just like harkonnen oh and my god like... i'll just leave you can
2: do this for three hours i don't give a fuck so I actually do the crossroad by the damn
0: self i just go to the what gym the fuck? <laughs>